When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Robert England. You're watching Geekscape. And this gentleman here knows my worst movies. <laughs> I love Never Too Young to Die. I okay. love that film. But hey, Geekscape and check out Hatchet. Thanks, Robert. Wow, we have a treat for you guys. This is episode 48 <laughs> of Geekscape. Uh, we, is it 49? Okay, well, what, whatever episode of Geekscape this is, uh, we're getting close to the one-year mark. Th- you've made that many shows? Uh, we've made a ton of shows. Every week we have People a show. People watch them? And what it is, it's, it's movies, video games, and comics. Oh. And so we try and get uh, guests knowledgeable about one of those geek, uh, you know, things. Mm. And uh, we get I them read to, comics. We get them to talk about movies, video games, and comics. Right now, uh, we brought you guys in to talk about your horror movies. That's right. Uh, introduce yourselves to my audience, Mr. Sullivan. I am Tim Sullivan, and I made a movie called Driftwood, which comes out on November 13th. And give me that. Give me that. Give me that. <laughs> I wrote a comic book called 2001 Maniacs, which is a prequel to the film I directed, 2001 Maniacs. And this is my special effects artist, Vincent Guastini. He made that. Yep, I did the makeup effects in Driftwood and also another film that uh, Tim produced and wrote, which is Hood of Horror. Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. No, no, that was, I'm just so ghetto. How, how was that first initial meeting with Mr. Dogg? You know, I never met him. You've got to ask him that. Oh, really? Wait, I you directed? You never, you, you, I met him. Well, I didn't direct it. I produced, okay, produced it. it. Well, I met him. It was so funny. I met him after the fact. I thought you were the one that took the poster and did the presentation and got the movie going. That's what I thought. This well, was he going. wasn't actually there. Are you serious? It was his wow. people. Okay. You know. Oh, he has people. At what has, level his, do you get his people? people. <laughs> his people. Well, it was very funny because I, I, you know, I, like, you know, we're from Jersey. We're like white boys from Jersey. About how ghetto can you get? You know, all I know about hip hop is that you know I don't like it. So, <laughs> so they got me to make the hip hop movie. That makes sense. But I guess I don't know. There was something there to you know the fact that. Uh, um, I had done, produced Detroit Rock City and, you know, rock and shock and roll. That's, you know, what they, right. you know I'm shot Mr. Shock and Roll. But Jonathan McHugh, who worked for, um, was the musical supervisor on Maniacs, worked at Jive Zomba Records. And one of his jobs was finding projects for, like, his roster. I think one time I took a, a most bizarre meeting with Aaron Carter. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> to make a movie. To make, like, have him play Hucklebilly in Maniacs. Oh I'll never forget. And he was there with his dad. And, and the, the, the lady at the time, his dad was boinking. 
And like they, it was like unbelievable. It was like like I, a white trash. The kid is sitting. <laughs> this, the, Aaron, you know, I, I had seen pictures of him, and I, you know, airbrushing. Because let me tell you, the kid looked like I couldn't tell if it was zits or track marks. <laughs> oh. oh, I swear to God! And I and I and I, and I, and I, and I walk in the room, and I, you know, I think and I'm gonna, you know, d- Wait, I, welcome I, new listeners. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and this was Aaron Carter at the time. You know, I guess you know they would bring him on the road with Backstreet Boys to like warm up the audience warm so that up. they could keep the family warm. together. Running a train on that you know, uh, they like it that way. You know, uh, <laughs> so they're all called Backstreet Boys for a reason. But anyway, um, so they they uh, I'm being told. First of all, this is the guy Jonathan McHugh who produced Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie. It's a very good film. Right, uh, I'm kidding. And, and 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 you know he was trying to find. His job was to find movies roles for the people on Jive Records, right. of which Britney was one, and he had done Crossroads, and then I guess he felt he owed the world an apology, so he was trying to get a little more edgier. And, oh, Aaron Carter is Hucklebilly. You know, we have what's a uh, little – in case those of you who don't know who Hucklebilly is, Hucklebilly was actually played by Ryan Fleming. Um, in the film, but at one point, Aaron Carter was being considered for the role, and I went in, and I, I swear to God, he's sitting in a chair, and he's like got his knees pulled up, and he's like wearing sweatpants, and he and he's like it looks like he had the shakes or something. Yeah, and he's like leaning like this, and then on the other chair is his dad, who looked like you know Lou Pearlman, you know, oh, and then his dad's girlfriend, who looked like she you know lives on the Home Shopping Network and was like twenty <laughs> years old, you know, with like the most gaudy jewelry, and the the, the fringe. Wow. Leather, white leather fringe jacket, you know, like, the, <laughs> like, like maybe no more like something that Bon Jovi used to wear, oh, wow, wow. you know, or you a girl might like wear to a Bon Jovi concert, you know, back in the day. And two boys from Jersey. Yeah, and the meeting, the meetings with him, but like I'd ask, so Aaron, do you like horror movies? Huh? Yeah. Oh, he likes horror movies. He, he likes horror movies. Like this woman had a lisp, and I couldn't tell it was yet, you know, it was a lisp or her teeth had been knocked out by the husband. So anyway, you know, and I'm not talking about his fist. So. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, hey, for those uninitiated, this is the best podcast you're ever going to watch. Just for the uninitiated, Geekscape is the best geek podcast you're ever going to watch. It's yeah. done. She kind of looked like yeah. this in a way. <laughs> she just it was kind of like that, you know, and you know. But at least it's bloody; it lubricates. So right. anyway, um, <laughs> I think I, Dave, he, he for, those, for those counting, I think that's I, I think that's the tenth instance where on Geekscape we've talked about blood as lubrication. Yeah, it's awesome. So for those counting, it's a theme. <laughs> so anyway, it was like I, I thought I was taking a meeting with Aaron Carter. But I guess that's like taking a meeting with one of Jerry's kids. Uh-huh. You know. Jesus. By the way, what has a wow. hundred legs and can't walk? Jerry's kids, anyway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> going to help. You know. Oh, Mister Mister Lewis in France. We just think you're such a genius in that last movie. The way you did. Dah, dah, dah. You know. It's like. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I took this meeting with Aaron Carter and his dad and his dad's girlfriend. <laughs> And it didn't go well. I think no. Yeah. You know, I asked him. I asked him if he had read the script, and he was like, "Huh, what? Read? Uh, I don't know. I'm a white rapper. Yo, 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 down with but, the but, G." But, but now Snoop Dogg, he probably had a lot of notes. And he, a lot, he was very good. Yeah, they were written on uh, a <laughs> rolling paper. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of yeah, notes. He's always stoned. You know, yeah, I loved working with the guy. I mean, it was always a trip. There's always something new going on in his trailer. He uh-huh. had this posse. He was always stoned. 
He always. It was the total cliche. Yeah. Really was. You know? So we really went from was. we went from Aaron Carter to Snoop Dogg. So the Aaron Carter thing didn't work out. So then McHugh, he still was. Try- God bless him. He's trying so hard to find some projects for you know. I think we were going to do the In Sync movie once, you know, or. But anyway, I don't know why. But so right. So well, he he's says, doing the movie now with uh, the Saw director. Now he's doing Repo. Uh, yeah, with Darren Bossman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so anyway, he comes to me. He's like, "Hey, yo, you know, you know, Snoop loves horror. Maybe we can create a, a role for Snoop." So I figure, well, you know, I know horror. He knows hip hop. It's like Donnie and Marie. I'm a little bit horror. He's a little bit hip and mm-hmm. hop. So you know, I figured, okay, I'll write that, and he can come in and you know do his write his little dialogue stuff. So we put together this really cool. Fake comic books, Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, Jacob Hare, who you introduced me to, terrific artist. And we went in and we, we did this presentation and, you know, they, they showed and he said he wanted to do the movie, which, you know, which is Snoop's, which yeah. got it going. And it's like, how the hell did all of a sudden I go from how am I writing this Snoop Dogg Hood of Horror movie? And then Vincent came on as the effects. But Vincent. Probably more than any, you probably spent more time with Snoop than anybody because yeah, you I had to cast yeah. his head. No, I did. Yeah, you had all these designs. Great and- guy. I mean, but every time you go in there, it just you became high. I mean, the whole fucking trailer was just you know filled with smoke. I mean, I didn't mind it. You know, uh, it was very cool. You know, being there and seeing what goes on, and you know, and him talking about his career and how much money he made and how he was you know up and coming and what he's done and people that got killed and uh, you know how he had to carry a gun all the time. It's like Scarface for the rise. Really, like gangster hood stuff. Yeah, real interesting stuff. I mean, real, real dark stuff too. You know, I mean, mean, if you want it bad enough, you're willing to kill people. Yeah, and uh, well, he's got to watch out because he yeah. had people coming after him. Yeah. so he and, oh, absolutely, he's carrying There's a, a gun. There's a horrible, absolutely. horrible gun. You don't know what here. kind of crazy right here are. in the studios. You don't know how many crazies are out there. They they came here and they tried to gun him down, and Vincent took a bullet. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, right in the head. Don't be fucking. Yeah, that's why I wear this hat. See, <laughs> you, <laughs> I see it. There was a big bullet just shaved and, all and his hair. And this movie off. Driftwood comes out on on. Yes, this movie Tuesday? Driftwood comes out Tuesday, November thirteenth. And um, it was funny because, you know, I, I had done 2001 Maniacs, which we kind of call... A lot of our audience likes it. Yeah, thank you. It's, 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 um, it does... It, they should because it kind of appeals to the lowest common denominator. That's us. So... <laughs> hey, so, <laughs> we're not shy about it. I'm not right? shy about it. You know, this, this movie, Maniacs, is a valentine to all those, you know, days I spent on 42nd Street in the grindhouses, you know, oh, telling yeah. my mom I was at the museum. You know, and uh, I had, and so the first one was definitely a homage to exploitation grindhouse films, and then you know the Hood of Horror was sort of my black exploitation homage. But you know, I'm actually, despite all this humor and laughter that we've been ba- banding back and forth, I'm a very melancholy, tragic, serious type of guy. Really, when I'm not laughing through the tears, so Here comes the horse shit, guys. I decided, <laughs> I decided that you know. After Maniacs, my second directorial effort should be a little bit different. You know, mm-hmm. Kiss can do Shout It Out Loud. They could also do Beth. You know, right. so if Maniacs was my rock and roll anthem, Driftwood is my power ballad. Oh, that's nice. This, this is your best movie. This is I, my I, I, Every I, I, Rose Has a Thorn. Best film. But, um, you know, seriously, this, 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 <laughs> this is my... Whoa, winger! What's a good winger power ballad? Come I, on, guys! Um, I know that they did heaven, seven, heaven. Seven, that that heaven was Be- actually Warren. Better roses. Oh yeah, Warren. Yeah, better roses. This is my better roses. You know. Do you like Cinderella? This don't is my. Don't know what you've got until it's good. This that's, is my nobody's Cinderella. fool. They're Philly boys. 
I won't be nobody's fool, Jonathan. When I did when I did college radio I won't be in Philly, nobody's fool. Uh, I went to school in Philly. When I did college radio, we used to find the names of the people in Cinderella and call them on the air. But, but we would. But, but the thing is, the thing is, we never got that. We would get the people in the phone book who had the same name. <laughs> the, the guys and we'd be really excited. Hey, what's up, guys? We got a treat for you guys. From Cinderella, it's who the fuck are you? <laughs> Why are you calling me? <laughs> That's what you gotta do. Hey, um, I'm an '80s metal guy. We both are. So, so. The, the movie's called Driftwood. Driftwood. The comic book is in stores. Yeah, and um, you know, and Driftwood came about because you know, being geeks, as you all know, absolutely, and loving horror and loving rock and roll, a lot of stuff that you know parents don't like. You know, growing up reading Fangoria, listening to Kiss, you know, all that stuff. It's often, you know, I always hated people who told me that you know. You're going to mount to nothing if you like that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and burn it. You know, your dads who burn your comics and, you know, teachers who, you know, it, it always got to me. I hate I'm any. Sorry. It's, it's a hard life. Don't do this. Vincent, you know. They bur- he, you got to write a comic because they all got burned. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to make your own. But we don't. See, like, see, you know, we fire. Like, see, we're fire. Fucking, you know, Are we losing <laughs> Vincent over there on the, over the side? We're, 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 we're okay. from Jersey. So it's just like, you know, just be who the fuck you right. want to be, you know. And, and after Columbine, it was really ridiculous. They started all these attitude adjustment camps where you know send your troubled youth here you know if, and 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 well, they it, did reality shows yeah. based on them these 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 uh straight straight these outward-bound things. Right. The scariest movie I've ever seen as a kid was Whitewater Summer because Kevin Bacon was going to kidnap me and take me up to Canada. That's right. You remember that movie? With that Sean was a Astin? dream yeah. of mine. That was a nightmare mm-hmm. of yours? Oh, yeah. shoot. Well, <laughs> wasn't it the Bacon? Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Uh, so I, so we decided, you know, I, I felt that the worst horror really is, is just like not being allowed to be who you are. You know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you know. Right. So, uh... I, I wanted to do something a little different, a little Stephen King, you know. So we came up with Driftwood, and uh, which basically is uh, you know, a teenage cool hand Luke with a ghost. Wow! And it was that really, it was really cool. It does make sense. It don't make sense. When you <laughs> it, it makes sense. It teenage cool hand Luke with a ghost. That it. sounds like yeah. abortion. And then, and, and then what happened was it was a, a type Except of film. Paul Newman's not in it. Yeah, no, Paul Newman. He's making salad dressing now. Yeah. But there is going to be a Driftwood uh, popcorn. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, it's going to be that'd awesome. Be you know. Um, so anyway. It was really cool because we got everybody like Diamond Dallas Page, another Jersey guy. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's like thinks of him as just this wrestler. Bang! You know, don't really think of him as a actor. I'm a strong proponent of, of wrestlers. Yeah, of, of a- wrestlers, wrestlers becoming actors. Becoming actors right. I agree. And I'm a big fan of the of uh, the Marine and the uh, the, the Condemned. Yeah. He, oh, oh, yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> Like but but uh, everyone was telling me, oh, Diamond Dallas Page can't act, you know. That, and I, I was like, trust me, trust me, trust me. And he kicked it out of the ballpark. And, uh, you know, he was just amazing. And, and, yeah, and awesome and, in the film. Awesome. And then the other, you know, major star of the film really is the ghost. <laughs> and, you know, so Vincent and I wanted to do something that, you know, a lot of the horror makeup in How to Horror is very cartoonish, very over-the-top, very EC comics. Yeah, it's very white with black eyes. And so we wanted to get back to some traditional stuff. And a lot of his inspirations were kind of my inspirations as well, which is the early 80s and 90s of horror films. And one of those things was the flash that you saw in The Exorcist, that face. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, that. Yeah. So scared. that yeah. scared no, me as a no, kid. So he wanted to get back to that, and I saw a little. I saw a little ghost story in there as well. Yeah, you know, where they had those shock effects of a rotted face or big gaping mouth, and as you said, Mr. Sargonagus. Yeah, yeah, is one of your other influences. And what happened was, you know, you, when you see the movie, you know, it'll explain exactly how Jonathan got, you know, from some sixteen-year-old kid to this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's you know, and it's a. Uh, 
it's it's it, you know this is how Aaron Carter actually looks now I think but anyway and he you know, and he didn't get shot in the back of the head so yes yeah, so it was a lot of, I mean he did a lot of stuff that I feel that was more 80s style than going like what they do with the Grudge which is very kind of MTV Japanese, and kinetic yeah. and very you know it was very old school and that's what I really liked about what he did with thanks the man effects. well it, it, real 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 different well, what was interesting to me is when we wrote this and this is what's so amazing you know when we first started discussing how we were going to approach the ghost even in the script i was referring to you know that 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 quick flash of that demon in the exorcist you know oh, wow. it's just and 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 so we kept saying this and then i couldn't freaking believe it one of the producers of the film the, the you know mike richardson from dark horse yeah. hellboy sin city he, they produced the film he, dark horse produced the film okay. they're now doing you know uh, they're they're doing original films right, right so one of his good friends is bud smith who edited the exorcist, well, cut the exorcist. so here i am yeah. talking about we want it to be like this and next thing i know i'm being told that your producer and your co-editor is bud smith of the exorcist wow and bud smith's son for geeks out there is scott smith who edited the crow Wow. So suddenly I have the editor of The Crow and The Exorcist working on this film, and Bud is just this cool no-not. I mean, he was William Friedkin's editor, so he did Sorcerer, Cruising, Cat People. He discovered Uma Thurman. He directed Johnny Be Good. Mm -hmm. So he discovered Uma Thurman. Wow. So, wow, so this that. guy is suddenly on this film, and I mean, he, he was the coolest guy because a lot of times, let's be honest, a lot of times, you know, Producers get a bad rap, and sometimes they deserve it because sometimes they just like to come on the set and sort of piss on the hydrant, I call it. You know, just to show mark, their power, yeah. show their muscle. Bud was, Bud was all about, you know, he would be adamant about an opinion, but it was serve the song. That was his motto. Mm -hmm. Look, Tim, you may want this, but just trust me, this is what the big picture needs. You got to, it's not what you want, what this one wants, what that one wants. It's what the film is Ultimately telling the you. audience wants. Right? Well, not even the audience. It's the film. The film oh, literally. It's got its own thing. It really takes on a life exorcist. of its own. It does. I'm telling you. It's like a film is written three times in the script, on the set, and in, in the, the editing room. room. Right. And, and I've learned that you have to sort of leave your preconceived ideas at the door, especially when you're shooting an independent film and you only got 15 days and a million bucks, which is all we had. Jesus. And 15, 15, 15 days, days, a million, million bucks in an abandoned, haunted juvenile prison in Whittier, California. And he yeah. did it. And he did yeah. it. And Good job. After a while, you just sort of, it's not so much, you, you, this is the key. Stop thinking about what you didn't get that you wanted and look at what you did get and then start to let shape that and start to support that in your dailies and i swear to god bud was always there next to me just like this kindly father this kindly grandfather and he i learned more from bud smith in in, in the the 15 days that we shot than in four years at nyu film he was school your yoda. That, he was my yoda yeah yoda, <laughs> yoda. and and then it was great because you know here we are we we, we treated the, the the ghost in that way and even you know there's a little bit of the extra a little like the scar you know, there's a little bit of that, you know, that I really, I, a little I, tip of the hat, you know. I'll be honest with you. I appreciate all the attention of the ghost, but I'm serious. Just alone as a film, just as, as the drama and the way it's directed, don't look at this as just pure horror movie. This is a really good drama just by itself. Well, yeah. it was it was interesting because I was wondering, oh my God, after Maniacs, you know, the sick fuck that Tim Sullivan is, you know, would um, yes, well, yes. Tell us a few of the scenes that are actually in the in the comic. Right well, there. we could do. Oh, let's do some fire. Yeah, let's camp see fire. some lamb fucking. Yeah, that's what we're gonna us. cut. To. Thirty oh. seconds. What do you got? You got. <laughs> so you what got do we have? Goat we have, fucking. We have. We have right here the introduction. We have. Uh, 
We have Hucklebilly. Well, here on one page, on one page, we have, let's see, incest. It kills me when you do that to comics. So we have um, incest. We have. He's um, bending it. What do you call that? Uh, finger fucking? Yeah. There okay. is the finger, finger fucking. Jesus. Finger banging. Incestual finger banging. Okay. And then here we have um, uh, blowjob. Is that what? what what's uh, that? That is fellatio. 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 And uh, then here we have. Uh, this is incest. This. Um, no, not. Well, it is it's, it's, bestiality. Yeah. But in South, they're all related to the animals. Sure. So it kind of. It kind of. It kind of counts. There's a panther. And then and then and then here we have Robert England and he's and he's always so disgusted by all this and he's like dust your brother off Rufus and Lester pull your foot long out of that lamb chop goddammit. And then on the next page, if that then he, ooh look we have interracial sexual relations between a little pro- little little Mandingo thing. <laughs> Little Mandingo thing, you know, and here's and he's just so upset. This whole Civil War thing, well, it's just some big to do about employee relations, you know. The chastity I mean, belt was actually an easy. Then this is good. Then we have slit. a chastity belt. Well, it's it's actually there, there's a key that's missing, a lock and key, you know. I do so. believe that's the first vagina. The, and, and kids, kids, if you want to get your parents to really burn your. This comics, isn't this isn't Archie or Beetle Bailey. Oh. Um, but yeah, Avatar, Avatar, who was amazing. It was so cool because, you know, one of the things about doing the comic that was amazing, you know, we were talking about the limitations of the budget of Driftwood, you know, yeah. there's no limit with a comic book. No. It was, you know, you could burn down you, the whole town. You probably could have put more sheep in there. We we could, and we could do all, we could right. have had more two, sheep. Put them on a long kebab. A, a, a horse? We, well, you never know. You haven't read the, the whole okay. thing yet. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot wait for our sponsor to know. Um, Who's our sponsor? Our, our, well, our sponsor is NetRiver.net. We'll just get into them right now because we got to get it to them. Okay. Uh, NetRiver.net is our sponsor. They uh, will provide you with all your internet needs if you guys go to NetRiver.net. They've got hosting plans. They've got domain registrations. If you guys are playing online video games on your computers, definitely get a, uh, like a sponsored server or something from NetRiver. Uh, you guys can play all your little uh, first-person shooters. And of course, What's a first-person shooter? You know what a <laughs> I know what a first-person shooter is. Uh, you get 10% off if you put in uh, well, You get uh, 10% off. I can attest off to that. Yeah. If you uh, put in the promotional code Gilmore, named after That's this little right. guy over here. I got here. your first-person um, shooter. So, so, let's, so let, let's talk movies. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to skip the review because it's not really, you know, I still went and saw Dan in real life. It's a very nice date movie, a little light. You know, some stuff's really predictable, but uh, you're going to really like Steve Carell's acting. It's natural, and it's not too manipulative. You know what I mean? It so. doesn't come off as one of those indie movies, though. That doesn't, it's, 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 not, little, it's not Little it Miss Sunshine 2. It's not Little Miss Sunshine 2. But is it a running with scissors? No, it has a little more... Like, it's a little more marketable for, than that. You know, it's a little more it's accessible Cook, than that. I mean, it's got Dane Cook in it, you know, who, who did not little, bug me. Okay. Dane Cook is actually fine in this so movie. So he's good in this film. I, I, I had a kid call me, because we just did a review. Is it better of, than Evan Almighty? I didn't see that. I have, I have no idea. I had a geek Dude, I know that. I heard it was terrible. I had a but that had a lot of animals in it. Yeah. Did, they, did, they, did Steve Crow fuck any animals in Evan Almighty? It probably would have made more money. Uh, I had a kid call call me after listening to a, a show where we did Gone Baby Gone and say, "Hey man, I'm on a, I'm on a date. Should I take her to go and see, see Gone Baby Gone?" I go, "Dude, I don't know if it's a first date." I think if you want to make a statement. Yeah, I, I think something like uh, Dan in Real Life By would be way, a good first or second date. Did you? Oh, yeah, you clicked it. Oh, yeah. In Gombe, you saw Gombe? Yeah. The woman who loses the child? She's also in Dan in Real Life. Oh, really? But but I think that's Aaron Carter's father's girlfriend. <laughs> I think that character was based after We need more crack. The- Jesus. 
well. True comedy, you always come back at the well, end to a joke you, you planted in the beginning. You bring it back. Um, what about news? We got news. Uh, guys, how do you guys feel about this? This is big for me. Oh, don't uh, get me going on the politics. As, as a director, I start thinking to myself, I say, I say, uh, I, I say, okay, these are the movies that I would love to one day uh, remake. You know, because okay, I have no problems with remakes. Because yeah. the original's always when there. Done, I did a remake. Right. Yeah. Let's just face it, the first one sucked. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I so, love you, Herschel. So here's a remake that's coming, and it's one of the ones that I had to cross off the chalkboard. Rob Zombie's Chud. Have you heard this? I heard no. that that's actually a false rumor. Is it a false rumor? No, that's that's okay, not true. Then he said it, and it might be a passing joke. Is okay. He made it insane. as a joke. I know Rob. I, his next movie is going to be a Western. Oh, that'd be nice. He's letting go of horror for a while. But th- so this is a western without any was this horror, without anything I mean, like this. Is that why yeah. he's yeah. Why is he dropping horror? Why exactly would he be dropping well, horror after you know, doing a Halloween uh, movie? I think. Uh, <laughs> why are you scratching your neck? You look uncomfortable. No, I have a I this, weird, <laughs> this weird sore. Rob, don't come sick on my soul. So 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 uh, you can tell us about this. Uh, Rob, Rob is my favorite. Seems like a cool guy. Rob is my favorite current filmmaker. Right. I think I, I when I saw Devil's Reject, it's funny. I mean, I. You know, Devil's Rejects is it a horror film? Well, it's not supernatural. I I look at Devil yeah I look at Devil's Rejects like Badlands mm-hmm. or you know uh, those old seventies you know Buster and Billy White Line Fever, mm-hmm. and then Halloween you know well, the thing I love about Rob that makes people uncomfortable is he shows the human side of evil. He brings you know you know, one minute you're so disgusted in Devil's Rejects as they're killing and raping these people, the and the next minute, and then the next minute it's so endearing when they're arguing over tutti frutti ice cream, mm. and by the end you're almost sad when you yeah, see them Freebird. die. Holy shit, mm. that last Freebird, season, Freebird, it's ball. epic, yeah. and but it's like and and you're like you're you're almost getting choked up, and there's almost a heroism yes, to these characters, and then you forget, then you see it a second time, and you remember, oh my god, but these despicable things, because Rob knows that nothing's black and white, right. and I think that upsets a lot of people and what rob did with halloween is rob showed a human side to michael myers i mean he wasn't just this I one note you totally know totally disagree demon. yeah i, I felt sorry. i felt like I the stuff with the, with the fathers of rejects that's one of the best reviews i've heard of devil's rejects because i totally agree yeah all right and i like both those movies i did not like halloween for yeah. a lot of i'm reasons. one of the guys that do and and you know but whether you like it or not okay let's just well, it took let's the mysterious yeah. it took the magic away from what michael myers was well yeah but evil. i but i don't yeah I, I understand. He breaks up a ceiling but, but real well at the end of the film. The thing know. about it, though, is it is <laughs> the true. What was that? But, what, <laughs> but, but Rob set Sorry, out to Rob, do that. You, you, okay, so maybe you didn't like what he tried to do, but Not he tried that. to do that. But right. the point is this. Give him props. I mean, that, that's, whether, I, I understand what that is. Whether, you, I didn't like whether you like the film or not, right. when you are – Especially when you are a geek, a horror guy who is, you know, used to getting beat up for liking stuff by the football guys. I was, from the day Rob first told me that he was going to do make this movie, I watched Rob. It was as if he got more shit than George Bush. I, I was excited. Uh, no, I was excited to see his Dude, Halloween. I was too. I was but really I, man, the, the product. I, really I would be, it. you know, in all honesty, I would be excited to see his chud. Because Chud, Chud is the motherfucking well, shit. Well, I think he, I, I, knowing Rob, he probably said that with tongue firmly planted in cheek. Because Rob, the, the the thing about Halloween is like it was the best of times and the worst of times. It was such a profitable film, and he and it, it has taken him to the level where he could just tell dimension what he wants to do right. next. But the negative 
evil, like just outright. Like I, I read reviews from people who were attacked. Rob yeah, Zombie should die. Rob Zombie should go to hell. But as a critical filmmaker, it hurt. It, it, no, it, no, this is what was so interesting. Rob got better reviews from Halloween from the New York Times than from the horror websites. Mm. These kids, these guys, you know, just came at him with knives. It's like you're not being true to the original. Da, na, 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 but the know? original's there, right? Exactly. The original he, exists. He, he, right. I have no problem with remakes. It, it just as a film sitting on its own. I think I, I agree with with uh, what Vincent was saying. But but if you don't totally like it, it, you don't have don't personally attack no. a guy. No, no. I know. And, 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 and Rob like, Rob well, was no. Rob. I mean, I would you know, love to see him do Ghost Rider, the, the comic book. I think he gets the imagery. Rob loves Rob, Rob. gets Western. The, Rob yeah. gets icons. Rob gets heroic. Like Rob would be. I would imagine Rob teaming up with John Wayne. You know, like oh, directing man. the Searchers with John Wayne back in the day. Or my favorite stagecoach. Yes, yeah, stagecoach, and 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 Rob was you know grown grew up like we did. Rob and I are the same age. We grew up on those '70s movies that had these sort of bleak, dark endings. And Rob said something. I interviewed him once, and he said the Walter something. Walter Hill type films. Yeah. Or something like that. That, those movies kick ass. For those of you guys, go IMDb Walter Hill. Well, like you know, Taxi Driver. And, and think about all did, those. He made Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson, in my opinion. Yeah. Like Charles Bronson was like one of the dirty guys, whatever. But we, I mean, he was Charles Bronson right. once Walter Hill got a hold of him. And then think about this hard times, you know. But think about this too, you know. One of the things about 70s movies is when the movie ended, there was never a thought, oh, there's going to be a sequel. There's not going to be a Bonnie and Clyde 2. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be Butch Cassidy 2, Taxi Driver 2, Network 2, Dog Day Afternoon 2. 70s movies were finite because at the end of them, mostly, the hero died. It was a very dark, bleak ending. So that's where, you know, where I come from, where Rob comes from. As a filmmaker, and, and what you're saying about the 70s era, it's really interesting because that's the thing, kind of thing that we, we saw in films in the 40s, 50s, but then you get these surfing films in the 60s, you know, and, and then the <laughs> oh, 70s films yeah. kind of reacted to that surfing film. Well, with well, these, well what happened with, with well, this new stuff. And now we're kind of in this, in this we're, area we're, where it's a bunch of cheese. We're let, let, let me let me let me let me tell you something Let's very let me tell you something very interesting. This I don't think anything summed this all up more. I just came back from Ireland. Okay, I was there doing a little promo tour for the Maniac comic and Driftwood. Mm-hmm. All right, one of the biggest iconic things in the last couple of years in America is High School Musical. Okay, it, it is a fucking it, it, oh ridiculous. no, but it, you cannot dude, deny dude, listen, like the successes, what, dude. Of this thing. The fact that Zac Efron's on the cover of Rolling Stone. I mean, this is a magazine that had Jim Morrison, John Lennon, Jimi Hendrix, and fucking Zac Efron. Yeah, a guy who can't sing. Right. Whose voice is modulated. Ben, and, ben, and I don't ben, care. ben, please. Ben, please. Sorry, Your shortcomings as a thespian should not be taken out but of the But the thing is this. But just think <laughs> please. about this. It's a singer thing. This, please. this high school musical. <laughs> high school musical. Is a human being. <laughs> high school musical soundtrack. Out just recently outgrows Grease and Saturday Night Fever as the highest selling soundtrack of all time. No, no, it was no, the you, highest you selling. Snoop Dogg's Guns. Listen to this. Listen to this, guys. Listen to this. It was the highest grossing album of 2006 and the highest selling DVD of 2006. So, here, but here, but but hear my point. Hear my point. Okay. Here in America. You know where we have all these perverted things. It's an Netflix movie. All That's this, it. right? But but all this perversion. It's it's you know all these kids. They're like vanilla wafer musketeers jumping up in there. Zach Efron. There is no threat from Zach Efron. He is as bland as you know uh, Ron Howard movie. Right. And um, <laughs> wow, wow. wow. <laughs> Someone didn't see Cocoon. <laughs> Someone did see Cocoon. <laughs> 
So anyway, so here we got this I most like the most homogenized vanilla <laughs> high school musical. This right. this represents American right. youth, right? Right. Fuck you. You go to you, you go to Ireland. You go to I Europe. Love this mofo. You go to Ireland. You go to Europe. There is a show there that is won't they won't even let it come to America. It's called Skins. Remember that movie about a boy with Hugh Grant? Yeah. Okay, well, that kid is now 16, and he's in this show called Skins, which is about 16-year-old kids, and they, you know, it's real. They're having sex. They're getting stoned. They're getting laid. You know, they're the guys and the girls and the guys and the guys. Kids. Kids. But it's real, okay? And it is the number one show in Europe. It is a huge phenomenon. The poster of the show is, like, looking down, and they're all lying, you know, half naked with each other and it's like when I was there in Ireland there was, well, they don't have the same hand right, but this the was poster? the point when I was there there was this big article where it said the trouble with the USA and they had the poster for skins next to the poster for high school musical and they said they, we are so Puritan, so puritanical. I said, here we won't even let this show be in America because this depicts the reality of adolescence. Right. Yet these kids in, in 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 here in America, it's High School Musical. But you find out, you know, kids fucking their sheep when no one's home. You know, parents fucking their kids. Columbine, all this horror, all right? Columbine. Yet here here's a show that represents it like it is. The kids get to go to the pub at eighteen. They're well adjusted. Sex is not, you know, this evil perverted thing. We have British listeners, and I I think they're they're some it's, of the nicest people. On our forums, yeah, but but it's it's just they're also some of the smartest. I swear, they got fucked up teeth beyond any get out. They don't don't have um, toothpaste in Ireland. Is that true? We were trying to wonder about that. It's true. I I thought the potatoes were just fucking sitting there. It's the potatoes. Potatoes. It's the whiskey. They start drinking when they're like fourteen legally. So it's like, I you know, another pint to Guinness. Well, I don't want to because they were so they were so nice to me. They welcomed me with open arms. No, they welcomed welcome me with open arms and open legs. It That's was cool. awesome. Well, fans, are you would Harry Potter. We, we got, we got uh, some more news. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is doing a video game. You guys know it's Max Payne, the Rockstar game, video game. Uh, I don't, guys, did you guys play, did you, hey, Nerdo, did you, did you guys play Max Payne? Yes, yes. Then how was it as a video game? I really loved it. Could you see Mark Wahlberg playing him? I liked it. I liked it. I mean, I like Mark Wahlberg. I think he's great. It's what it is, but I thought it was great. Would you be down? Would you be down with Mark Wahlberg playing Mark Payne? Yeah, I actually work with Mark Wahlberg. What'd you work on him with? A movie called Travel, which was produced by Bill Paxton. Okay. Yeah, a long time ago. Nice guy? Great guy. Max Payne? Max yeah, Payne? I don't see him though. To be, okay. I mean, I can, but I can't. But you know, I don't know. Somebody like this, Timothy Oliphant, would be cool. Somebody like that, that dude. That seems more right. to what I think. You know Josh what? Josh Dumbad, Dohamal. What does Max Payne call for, though? It's it's film noir. Is yeah, yeah. Is basically, is? yeah, yeah. With a little Mickey bit of genre. modernized Mickey Spillane is yeah. what it is. And then we got uh, another video game, Prince of Persia. Uh, everybody talked about Bruckheimer putting Michael Bay in the director's chair. We got Mike Newell, who did one of the um, Harry, Potter. Harry Potter movies. Oh, he's uh, great. He's a British dude. Um, yeah. I just what movie did he just do? I just saw a movie that he. I know, I saw Mike Newell. Yeah, something yeah. out there now that he did. And uh, I suppose he's going to maybe do this Prince of Persia game, but mm. yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm up for video games going to a big screen. A he's story a really is a story is a story. So. Uh, any video games you would possibly think about circulating? What do you play? Do you play video games? I, you know, it's funny. I'm old school. I still have my Kiss pinball machine. What would your Frogger look like on the big screen? <laughs> or your Galaga? <laughs> would your Galaga be like, you know, Independence Day 3? Um, I... 
I would probably do something very uh, anti uh, big. I think Galaga would kick ass. It's like, I'm going to let myself get abducted so I can get two, two. ships. Yeah. I've just been recently playing this game called Red Faction. Nice. Um, What's that? Which, which is basically if you took Total Recall and put it, what, what was it, like Total Recall and James Bond put together. Oh, wow. It's really... So it's, 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 it's a spy thing on it's, Mars? Yeah, it's on Mars, but it's, about the, it's, it's a rebellion that goes on. You and can you, look through the walls. Oh, yeah, that's the, cool. It's amazing. And it's actually a little bit of Doom, too. So well, anybody, so in other words... I'm into it. They uh, fucked PS3, up Doom PS2, as a movie. PS2? This would save it. If they Try took that. Red Faction and made a movie out of it, you would have Doom back. With a little total recall. I mean, We're mixing it really all up. Great. We got movies, video games, and comics. I got to tell you guys, uh, on the Xbox Live, I downloaded Doom, and they have all the old classic Doom. They got all four of the additional really? packs. I've yeah. been playing it wow. like crazy since I, it, it was maybe. Now look at the movie and see what uh, they did. To we'll get into it. It's, so it's, a, it's a crime. I'm watching. Really I'm watching. I'm playing this Doom. I was playing uh, yesterday with my friend Scott Koppelstein. He's a he's from Real Big Fish. You guys are fans of his, and uh, and I actually got online with this kid who's a listener. And uh, his name's Day of the Spookies, so he's like a horror kid. <laughs> and we're playing Doom, and it's that. just Day nostalgia coming back at yeah. you, you know? And uh, you can play online. The best thing about these online video games is they're great for writing one-liners. Because yeah. all you do is you talk some shit. I found the, one of the big Gatling guns. Oh, with, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I go, yeah, yeah. hey, everybody, I got a surprise. <laughs> Party favors. <laughs> <laughs> and just start killing people. I was like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Just annoy the hell out of the kids on Xbox You Live. too can be Shane Black. Oh, I love it, man. <laughs> but uh, I got to tell you, that that Doom thing, you guys find me on Xbox Live. I'll play Doom. I got Gauntlet, Double Dragon. I'm ready to play. Do you have a big TV? Do you have a widescreen no, TV? No, not yet. Not yet. If I, if, it's if amazing. I, if I sell a deal, we'll get that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen. I, I was at a friend's house, and he had, uh, you know, the surround sound and the high def TV, and it's like it's literally like you're in the movie. It's 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 so in the video game. It's insane, it's, it's insane you know, and it's so loud and just it's awesome. So uh, l- let me pause. I want to do a maniac video game. That'd be you know, cool. Escape from that, Pleasant Valley. Time to fuck the sheep. Fuck the sheep bonus game. It's one of those button So so Vincent, you've been doing all these special effects. We we took some time out and we interviewed Vincent, had him walk us around the shop uh let me show you guys that clip yeah and then uh we'll be right back hi welcome to my studio and uh we're here to uh, get a little tour and i guess find out some information about special effects and makeup effects for all you fans out there all right, now, um, I see you guys have a lot of stuff. Now, this is Special Effects House where they've actually worked on a lot of uh, cool stuff. Uh, you know, they have... Yes, yeah, this, this is kind of the main art room that you're looking at over here. And then towards the back, we have some space that we do a lot of, like, um, fiberglassing and any kind of dirty work. And we have some extra mold storage out there as well. So uh, why don't you uh, bring us through a little tour? I actually kind of wanted to show them this thing over here. Okay. Well, um, what I can do is why don't why don't I explain it, and then later you get you'll cut later, and then we'll we'll have like a thing that you can cut into the. Okay. To okay, it sounds good. So we'll just stand up, stand in front of it and explain it. Um, yeah, this is a thing called uh, for a film called Dog, and what we had to do was almost like a Pan's Labyrinth type of thing that another company uh, DDT did in Spain which is incorporate the real actor's mouth uh, with a prosthetic that blends into the real actor's mouth, and then the upper half is all mechanical. And so if I, I have only one hand here, but uh, let me put the mic here. Okay, great. And let's just get some on. You can get the brows. 
Okay. Which is going to take a little bit. Okay. Let me get the antenna here. And these are the eyes. Look at the brows. So you have the incorporating the actor's real mouth in with this action. So with this all happening at once, it looks like a believable, alive character. Mm. Munchies and crunchies. You ever see that, Black Cauldron? <laughs> no, I haven't. You're a little Sorry. kid? I'm not a little kid anymore. I'm a big kid. That's right. Wait, let, let me ask you a question, Gilmore. Sure. Pop that mic back up over here. Uh, w what made you want to get into special effects? Oh, actually, uh, my mother and father were the ones that actually put all of this uh, stuff in my head. They used to take me to all these weird movies, actually. Uh, it started with my father taking me to 42nd Street, and I used to go see all these um, bizarre movies like Sss and karate movies, and I saw 2001 uh, Space Odyssey a number of times and all these like really bad, cheesy horror films, and that kind of sparked my interest in you know the stuff that I'm doing today, uh, along with uh, my mother taking me to The Exorcist, and then um, I would say what really got me to do what I do is The Thing. The remake of The Thing is what really kind of sparked, this is what I want to do for a living. So bad parenting. Bad parenting, bad definitely, parenting. definitely, for sure, yes. Cool. Yeah. I'll give it back to Brian. I just wanted to play around with that thing. It, it felt like an RC cult. That, yeah, that thing's awesome. That thing's awesome. Uh, how, do you, how do you go around... Uh, rigging all this stuff up do you guys do the electrical work as well Just um well i have an animatronics expert um who uh his name is greg ramundus and uh we kind of brainstorm everything but most of this stuff is made from um um radio controlled airplanes boats you know you would get at a hobby store right. and we kind of like kind of adapt that stuff to what we have to do so okay. we take those motors and we you know and kind of screw yeah. around with them to get them to do what we want them to do that's awesome that's great. It's fun. Um, it looks amazing. I, I love to. You guys are basically making toys. Pretty much. These are big toys. Yeah. Oh. And this is my toy store. Oh. So. And you get to work in it. Yes. Yes. Oh. And go on set. I'm so jealous. I, I love my job. I would too. I hate my job right now. <laughs> and my life. Um, can we. <laughs> who is this guy? Um, this was actually a demon that we did for a Japanese music video, but it was actually based the design on the movie Feast. A lot of times, special makeup effects houses, uh, they get to do what we call, um, it's almost like an audition. And you get several different places that you get called, and they come in and you show them designs. Well, we, one of these designs was based off of this. And unfortunately, uh, producers have their own picks on certain people. We didn't get the job, but we did use that design uh, later for this uh, Japanese uh, music video. We, so we got to what was the band? show it off somewhere. What was the band, uh, just out of curiosity? Pay money to the pain. Money to the pain. Pay money to the pain. Yeah. Japanese. Pain. Never heard of yeah, them. Yeah. As far as really I go with Japanese great. people, is ex-Japan. Yeah, no, they're great. They're really great. Huh. Well, check it out. What was the song, just so... Oh, Do you remember it? Now you caught me on the spot. Ah, I don't that's remember. Okay. That's I all right. don't remember. That's awesome. Sorry to say. All right. Um, well, uh, let's look around... Check all this stuff. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to go back there. I just kind of want to get all this stuff out of the way. Hey, VJ, could you get a close-up of the dead vaginas over there? Yeah, that's our gore wall. Um, it's just to show the producers or directors, because a lot of times we have a lot of the stuff hidden or in storage, and lately, for some reason, producers are always coming in and always saying, do you do gore? Do you do, you know, heads? So I was always tired of explaining and showing photos. So now if right. they get to walk in the shop, they can see our stock, or at least some of our stock. So it's kind of like your demo. 
pretty much. Yeah. All right, great. And I think it looks absolutely great. I mean, how did you guys do all the research for this? Do you guys have to look at a bunch of we actual look at, real we look at gory all, pictures? We look at, you know, books and magazines and films. A lot, and, of, a lot of time on Rotten.com? Um, more actually, there was another site called Orgish.com at one point. Really? Yeah, and that's and a, that's where you guys yeah, well, got your inspiration. Some, some of it, yeah, and some of it just basically from 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 photographic evidence. Okay, yeah, those look great. Um, let's go over here back into this awesome room. Yeah, this is our conference room. This is usually where we hold meetings, and usually where we try and close deals or jobs. Um, and make sure you get a shot of this. Yeah, this is awesome. This is not your regular conference room. And we're room. closing a deal right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Because, I mean, usually people close deals in conference rooms with, like, a phone in the middle well, and yeah, maybe well, a I view mean, of some smog. Yeah, they don't normally have monster heads around them when they're closing deals. <laughs> but, but this is how we do business because people get to see our work. And, you know, once people, you know, like our work and they like me, hopefully they hire me, mm -hmm. you know. And so over there in the back there, we got some very famous wings. They're from Dogma, uh, Kevin Smith's movie. And uh, they're uh, fully mechanical, which they fold, bend. There are no other wings. Uh, one wings do, did them all, did all the movements. Wow. Um, and th over there on top, um, over there is the uh, no man or shit demon from, from Dogma as well. And uh, those were animatronic, and we had different, uh, two different heads that did different expressions to, to show anger or, you know, subtleties. Now, that monster was always oozing, and it always looked pretty gross. Uh, yeah. wh why don't you tell us something about how, uh, how you kept that look? Um, there were different, it was a, a local artist uh, that actually mixed this uh, food thickener, and he put vegetables in it, oatmeal, all kinds of different nasty stuff, and that's what we would coat. The, the shit monster in. For like uh, every shot. Every shot. There was all different kinds of, there was baby poop and throw up poop and all kinds of weird stuff. Actual poop? No, fake, okay. of course. So, yeah. Yeah, no, but okay, it smelled good. like real poop. But, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. It really did. So yeah. you guys went to the to the trouble of making it look like you had multiple kinds of poop on this This shit, is what the monster. director requested. Oh, that's He amazing. actually had to pick out each individual, individual. color and consistency. Oh, that's awesome. Because that's what he wanted on his monster. That's the kind of attention to yeah. detail that I respect. It's yes. just like we want, we want baby shit. Well, that's we want old people shit in there. We want every type of shit that we can get on the shit monster. I don't know if Kevin Smith got that weird, but maybe <laughs> that's something you're into. So maybe we should. <laughs> I'm not know. German. <laughs> um, and so who do we who do we have here? This is a movie where it's a lot. Of, it's on a lot of this movie, Requiem for a Dream, is on a lot of people's uh, top five lists. Yeah, I'm real proud of this movie. Uh, I think this is uh, what I became a real makeup artist I feel because uh, there was subtleties and things that I have to had to do with reality it's one thing to do a monster but it, to copy real life is probably the hardest thing that a makeup effects person can do and so these are the various different stages from which she was slightly overweight all the way down till she's very very emaciated mm -hmm. and so uh, we've got a winner yeah yeah pretty much mm -hmm. yeah and it was a tough film to work on and uh, it was uh, something I'm very very proud of though in the end because I think it's an awesome movie. It is. It is. And I think this looked great. Cause Thank you very she much. She looked like Thank shit. You. Well, a lot a of that being. has to do with Darren Aronofsky and his, his DP, Matthew Libatique, mm -hmm. who did an amazing job uh, covering and shooting this, uh, that film. Right. And I might lose a few geek points for this, but who's this guy? This was actually a long time ago, back in the 90s, I was hired to do Doom, the movie. 
Oh. I was a, uh, my friend actually had the rights to make it a film. Uh-huh. And he got me involved with the studios, and I started showing them designs at first for free. And then once they saw some of the stuff, they said, okay, here's some bucks. What else can you show us? Because the film was in development. And so after we did that, we started doing stuff that was inspired right from the video game. So who, who was this guy in the this video game? This was Spider Mastermind. Uh, Do you remember this guy? There was a big... Yeah, we, we, John just started playing it again on Xbox Live a couple of days ago. Well, this guy was attached to those mechanical legs If you, if you, when you play the game. He had these big mechanical legs on the bottom. So oh, that's, that's kind awesome. of where this was from. And like I said, I work on vapor movies, and I call those movies that either they, they kind of were there, they're there and then they go away. And uh-huh. so that was one of those. <laughs> Is that one of them and, up there? What, what, what that's another vapor movie. That was for Kevin Smith, too. That was some development stuff they were doing for Green Hornet. And uh, that was another movie that he felt that he really didn't want to get involved in. He wanted to do something smaller, and that's when he directed Clerks 2. And uh, can you tell us about this uh, this dog up here? This was for Jane South Bob Strikes Back, and we did a couple of animatronic dogs of Scooby for a scene where they meet the Scooby gang, and <laughs> it was kind of a parody uh, of uh, Scooby-Doo getting high and getting horny, but unfortunately, uh, the day before <laughs> we were supposed to shoot it, they cut it. That's that's uh, I, if we can. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Can you uh, tell us sure. about this battle? Sure. This are different buses. We were commissioned by Universal when uh, Brian Singer and, and Tom DeSanto were involved in Battlestar Galactica, and these were some of my concepts of the Cylon Centurion, uh, which is here. And over here is, if you remember the old TV show, there was an insect race called the Ovions. And I decided I wanted to get more away from being just a man in a suit. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something a little bit more outlandish. And this was my idea for an Ovion. And this, if you're a fan of Galactica, you know that the Cylons were a lizard race um, at first before they went to just depending on the robots. So if you remember the Imperious Leader and the big chair in the old TV series, this was my idea of what the Imperious Leader would look like. Almost like this is just, you know, very kind of mafia boss gladiator type of thing that would be sitting in a chair. And this was my idea of what the Imperious Leader, so this is what I sculpted and presented to Universal at that point. That's awesome. Um, this place is amazing. And Thank uh, you very much. This is, yeah. I mean, we're, we're all in awe of your work, and it looks great. Um, just one last nod that I just want to point out uh, for the audience, because I know all you guys are huge uh, comic book fans like me, and I'm a huge Preacher fan, and I walked in here, and people were just kind of flipping through this book right here, and um, I realized that I just shook the hand of the guy who, at some point, designed what Arseface was going to look like, from uh, just watch it doesn't fall everyone's yeah, this is falling all over the place from everyone's favorite comic preacher can we get a close up of that I know you guys probably have seen that uh, throughout the internet you know saying yeah, it's like it's this is what it's, this is what it's gonna look yeah. like maybe there's all these rumors and Another you worked movie. you worked on this I worked on some concepts we do T- a tell lot us about of stuff. this that's what we do we do a lot of development here and unfortunately that's the heartbreak of what I do. Um, some stuff that I really want to work on that I get really excited about and we do some really excellent work we don't get to eventually do it somebody else does it so it's almost like somebody's taking your little baby away you love so much and they yeah. give it to somebody else yeah but just great job on that arse face I oh, think anyone you. who's seen thank that picture has really said this is exactly this looks just like the Glenn Fabry art well anything that I directly sculpt on, I mean because when you run mm-hmm. a company there's a lot of times you can't do all the work yourself so when right. somebody picks out something that I 
actually had hands-on work and sculpted, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I immediately become very proud. So I'm, I'm very glad that you, you brought it up. Oh, so yeah, great. So Did, were you a preacher fan before that? or I was not really. It was actually a friend of mine back in New York named Louis Zakarian that brought my attention to the comic book, and I started reading it, and I became a huge fan, and I started loving the images and the artwork. That's great. And um, so... I'm glad at least I got that opportunity. We'll have to see what happens with the HBO series. Yeah, you know? definitely. I'm I'm hoping that won't get made myself just because of how much I love the comics and I don't want them to be. Because uh, you know who who might be doing it is Mark uh, Mark Stephen Johnson. Yes, I know that, mm -hmm. and and I hope he does it, and I hope I'm the guy he hires. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I can see how you do it yeah, because it would so be fun to work on it. I can see where you're going. Thing, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank right, you no so problem. much. Nice to meet it was you great. Nice yeah. to meet you. And Glad this place is amazing. And thank great you. job on everything. Thank you. So, Vince, how long has this shop been here? We've been here about seven years. Okay, so we're so 2000. Back yeah, yeah, we are back now. And, back uh, now. and you know, just segueing into uh, Vince talking about the shop. Um, and you guys are like, hooked up when you guys were young? It, it's so well, we, funny. We didn't hook up. No, no we didn't no, hook no, up. I mean, I, I, it's okay. Yeah, let's, let's make that very clear. Okay. We never hooked up. world. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it, it, was, it was very interesting. A uh, little uncomfortable there for a minute. They found us. Oh, no. Uh, we were very lucky. We, we, uh, we were introduced by... Honestly, probably the, a gay uh, porno director. Uh, uh, no, yeah. no, I. You're working with him before then. I knew you before them. No, honestly, I, I don't know if you ever heard of this little uh, geeky horror movie uh, called The Deadly Spawn. It was quite a big little '80s uh, thing, and which it, I didn't work on. I know you didn't yeah, work didn't on work it. On it. No, on I always sequel. think you did. did you worked sequel. on the sequel. The sequel That's right. Anyway, there was this guy. Yeah, yeah, there was called Metamorphosis. A guy named John Dodds, you know, in New Jersey. My my my, cool uh, my art Very teacher cool introduced movie. me to him. It was a friend of his brother, Tom Davis, and he was making all these animated, you know, little monster movies in his basement. And and next thing Which I know, the coconuts you used everybody used to call hmm, them. the, the little coconuts, coconuts, little yeah. animated coconuts, talking coconuts, and I ended up. Which were ra later ripped off for critters. Exactly, the, critters. The, remember the movies, critters? That's on my remakes yeah. list. Critters. So so we so I ended up you know. Leave critters alone. You, hey, Rob Zombie, leave critters alone. It's mine. <laughs> I ended up pumping blood on this movie called Deadly Spawn when I was 16, and then it helped it come out in the movies. And John Dodds went on. I mean, he did the makeup for Beauty and the Beast, one uh -huh. of Tony, the new Young Frankenstein, Mel Brooks musical. Wow. He did all the makeups for that. But he, you were one of his effects yeah, guys. I want to introduce him to my actually, cabana boy. Tito, yeah. come out here. And, and he used to rent Pretty rooms, close. and we, you know, so so that's how we met. And then uh, when I graduated from from NYU, I, I somehow got hooked up with a guy named Chuck Vincent, who was the like one of the premier porno directors of the A of the seventies. Thought you guys were joking. No, and he no, weren't joking, he he was like the Burt Reynolds character in Boogie Nights. Okay, and this guy should we get into his ass massage? So the ass massage. Whoa, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these weren't. <laughs> it was straight porno. This is what's amazing. Bring out the five he was straight. He Bring was the gay, but he made straight porno, and the women loved him because they were so sensitive to him, they and they, the women he weren't did, objectified. He did a big breakout porno film called Roommates, Roommates which won every it award. Big, big, no. big deal. Uh, and that's Oscars? how we got the deal to uh, go to straight porno. Wait, is this, like, is this still like in the Harry Bush? This was still in the yes. Harry Bush, and, and the yeah. guys Smell were ugly. Let's just say it. Yeah. When porno was good. When porno was good. When porno, when was porno, porno actually had he plots. <laughs> when they were shot on film I'm and undercover. stories. Don't blow my cover. I'll blow something else. All right. Taboo. 
taboo. He did that. He did taboo. He made taboo. taboo. Yes. Now, now, Ben, Ben, I have the question. Hollywood Why do you Hot know Tubs this shit? is another one. Of his? I worked for a porn company. Okay. Yeah, that's established. Okay. So, you. so Moving this on. is this guy was actually an innovator because what happened was you know once video came in and here was, he considered himself a filmmaker. It's a fantastic and, episode, friends. And, and he took himself quite seriously. Yeah, on and suddenly, everything he worked on. And suddenly, adult films went from you know what he considered were comedies and dramas to just somebody jerking off you know on video. He and it was like. It just like Boogie Nights, suddenly he was out of a job, and his whole troop of actors and craftsmen, he was very ahead of his time. He cut a deal with Vestron Home Video to provide softcore straight-to-DVD premieres. This is long before you know, Raw Feed and all these companies right. are doing this kind of stuff. And like, for instance, the movie we worked on was called If Looks Could Kill, and it was a NC-17 version of Body Double. I mean, he just shamelessly ripped off the plot, but all the actors were porno stars. And, and he was quite serious about it. It wasn't like he was trying to do so. He was right. like trying to do a real movie. Yeah. So, so next thing you know, I'm working on this film, and Jamie Gillis, for all you adult film fans out there, is in it. And one of the things Vincent had to do was have his, you know, chop his arm, chop off. His arm off in an elevator shaft. And, you know, and the guy was great. You know, Jesus. And, and we, this is a porno? No, it's, it's a, a softcore no, 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 no. film. It's, it's, oh. And here's a funny thing. Film. One straight of the movie. things, one of the things in it. There's a, there, there's a, there's a, yeah, you could. There's a scene in a wedding, okay? And and I had a, I was in charge of it, so my family didn't even know who they were interacting with. But I brought my entire family from Jersey to Queens, on and the like ship, on, on the, the ship, I was yeah. the groom, and 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 like so in this movie, film. yeah, and in this movie, like there was my grandmother dancing with like Ron Jeremy, now, now you know? It's like imagine your grandmother. Grocery shopping. Right. Somebody walking up to him and be like, "I loved, I loved, I saw, I recognize you." Oh, from really? that scene with, right. with Ron Jeremy. And, right. And, and did you know that was a porno? And it was so funny because none of my relatives knew what this movie, you know, who these people were. Oh, Chuck, he's so nice, you know. And it was hilarious. I was the groom. My mother, my mother Guys, loved it because wow. I was like, "You better enjoy this because this is the closest you're ever going to see to me getting married, mom." You uh, know. So. So, so I got to pause as well. Uh, we did an interview for this movie that just came out, Southland Tales. We had the review on the last uh, My episode. My buddy Kevin Smith's in that. Kevin, oh, as an old man, buddy think, who you yeah. worked with on all this, uh, yeah. James Allen Bob, yep. Dogma. Uh, he's in it. Uh, we ran a review last week. Cool. Now we're going to show you the clips of Gilmore and I talking to the stars and the director, Richard Kelly, about making the movie and putting it together. Enjoy. Uh, why don't you guys tell me about the movie and what you guys do in the film? <laughs> doing that uh, after you I have that after lunch I'm like I'm catching up now the film uh, goodness I play Kristen Al who is a uh, prominent porn star and entrepreneur who is in love with boxer Santoros played by Dwayne who is the world's biggest movie star who is also a schizophrenic amnesiac <laughs> um, bipolar bi-curious bi <laughs> what, what? <laughs> uh, and I uh, am, am uh, <laughs> silent. <laughs> this is you never bought uh, the spot after fun. lunch. I should probably I just warn you. What'd you, you guys never... have? I had caviar. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> I had uh, I had uh, some duck butter along with some uh, pancakes. It got you guys all here. You guys are a little. <laughs> We're ready to go. Ready to go. Uh, I play go. Uh, boxers and terrors, as she said. Um, uh, paranoid schizophrenic. Uh, all those things. A lot of things going on. Uh, but I have amnesia. You know, and I think the interesting thing for me, just I think as an actor, is is every day almost like a child because everything is brand new to me, and I don't remember anything. So I rely on Sarah's character to, you know, to find those truths or semblance of truth. And the only thing I do know is that 
the world is going to end because I can foresee the future. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's going to end tonight. And so, were you guys scared to take a role on like this because it's, it's that different from what you guys have been playing? Like, I was excited. Mm-hmm. And Sarah was excited, too. You know, you look for that kind of material. And I think you had a great point when you talk about, you know, every once in a while, if you pass on something, then you think, oh, well, something like that will come along somewhere else down the line. But with a Richard Kelly movie, this type of material, Southland Tales, you know that it's a movie that you've never, ever seen anything like it before. And also the ensemble experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so often it's two leads, it's three leads. This was about everybody coming together. It was almost like a real theater troupe experience yeah. where everyone sort of came in and, you know, and everyone had a different energy. And we had a lot of comics, a lot of people that were used to writing their own material come in and add. and. It just makes it exciting. You really have to come on your game every day, ready to participate, or it will pass you by. How is it establishing trust in Richard? Like, you know, a movie like this, where maybe the script isn't that clear to you as an actor, what what were some of the things you guys did to establish that trust? First of all, Richard made it so completely clear. I mean, he had such backstory for every character. Even prior to the publication of the graphic novels, they were in his head. He knew so much going in what it was going to be. But you don't work for someone like Richard Kelly without giving 110% trust because that's the whole point. Otherwise, sure. don't do it. Right, right. And you, you have to. Uh, you know, you rely on your relationship with Richard to get very close to Richard uh, so you can understand a lot of things because, you know, even when you watch it for the first time, um, you know, it's one of those, it's a repeat viewing. Like, you have to continue to watch it and you'll get, you know, there'll be something you focused on the very first time you see it. Next time you see it, you'll focus on something else. You connect the dots somewhere else. So us as actors, it was, it was very similar to that, where you would rely on your trust with him, uh, his vision, and he was also very encouraging just in terms of um, being collaborative and always asking questions and, you know, with, as you can imagine, with a right. movie like this, we're always asking constant questions, constant. And it kept evolving because yeah. of that, because Richard was not so protective of his material. Someone would ask a question, it would give him an idea, you would try this, do this, and it does how sort of the movie, I think, really took shape and form. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance uh, the creativity and spontaneity with the tight shooting schedule you guys had? You know? You're very creative very quickly. Yes. It's called brilliance. Great, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you're brilliant. <laughs> you're brilliant. You're mm-hmm. really, you, but you, you're right. You know, the sh- between the shooting schedule, uh, you know, and the fact that we were out there, we talked about, you know, how, just how really, how great it was to shoot in Los Angeles, these great locations, and uh, just like Sarah said earlier, you know, you, you just don't shut down Venice Beach. So you're there in Venice Beach, you're shooting, and there, you know, it's alive. It's happening, and it worked out great for the movie. Parts of it almost felt like being on Saturday Night Live at times, not just because of the cast of actors, but just because you had one take. That was it. We got it, or we lost the location, or we right. lost the sun, or whatever those things were. And we had massive amounts of cast. You know, I always say, like, you look at a call sheet, and usually the names you recognize, number one, number two. You, know, you go down to, like, number 19 on a call sheet, and it was <laughs> someone so incredibly famous that right. it, it sort of made that spark happen, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, uh... You have to be a genius to describe the answer to those questions That's because right. this is a very unusual film. It's it is a, a very unusual film. Not a typical film. Um, I play a, a, a scientist who uh, wears a lot of makeup. And has great hair. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I, I... We have met... Somewhere in the outer space, or God knows where we met. In the laundry room. In the, the laundry room in outer space, because you know outer space has a big laundry room. That's where room. people date, date the laundry room. You, they, they, they meet there. Yeah. And, uh, and they start to, uh, wearing short skirt and makeup for men, mm-hmm. and they start to date. 
That's great. So I know this film is about, you know, the impending apocalypse and it has a lot of time travel in it. And I just kind of wanted to ask you guys, I mean, and I know you guys are both, uh, you know, you've been known for being politically controversial here and there. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, do you think that this is more of a science fiction uh, exaggerated vision of the future or maybe something that we can look forward to in the next uh, few decades? I think it's, it's, he's telling the story of the world the way he sees it, but more the way you see something when you're asleep. Mm -hmm. It's like a dream, and the guy who is having the dream is a guy who is, is living now in California, and uh, I think that uh, obviously if he were content with the way things are, he couldn't have had that uh, dream. So as a, you know, as a left-wing guy myself, and uh, I, I think that uh, it's a very, very... Uh, wild dream, but one that that uh, expresses anxieties that uh, we should all have, although Biling may see it a little bit differently. I see the world, uh, uh, I see the world, I see the film. I'm, I'm really a big fan of Richard Cayley's work. He's a young, handsome director, and right now I'm seeing behind you this poster have two hands shaking. Right now I'm just thinking, you know, it's basically like you say about dream world. I feel like reality world, like film reality, everything is basically two sides. You never know which side it's represent or what it's like. Basically he's discovered it's two sides or more than two sides of the force, how they meet. And there's a space in between they refuse to meet. And there are a lot of things against him, but when they finally meet, what's going to happen? Either the war's going to end or the magical going to happen. Mm -hmm. So that's some powerful force that I think is driving him to the future and, and further than probably a lot of us don't know. But I think my character, maybe it's a female, uh, Richard Kelly, in a way, and she knows everything. And she just be laid back and, and present her beauty into the world and knowing everything but doesn't say anything. And it's not in a hurry to tell anybody. It's not in a hurry to worry about anything. Just travel through life in her own sensuality, basically, to test people, to guide people, to confuse people, to manipulate people, to basically show the truth of just being there, living. And the world is going to end or not, not our concern. And we just in this chaotic world, like everybody, Except my character, Richard, the director, everybody's in the, in the modern chaotic world trying to find the truth and still beneath the clouds in the real world trying to find and worried. But above that, there's no ending, there's no beginning in the world, it's going to continue. Speaking of the Force, uh, you worked on a, on a Star Wars film. What's wrong with George Lucas? Nothing's wrong. I think he's a genius. He's like, a, in a way, they're a little bit similar because I think they all see, they all, two of them are come from not Earth, somewhere else. I think they're genius in their head, created this world, which is like, in George Lucas's words, like all different animals, different look like people that are together. I think basically my part of my relationship with him, I'm really grateful to be in that movie. I think all of this world in the movie is amusement park, all the characters for him to play. He's just having fun, wake up, okay, you go here, you go here. It just, it's a chess game, it's nothing really serious. Uh, my name is Richard Kelly, and I'm writer-director of Southland Tales. Um, this is a 
science fiction film noir about the apocalypse and a political satire about America after nuclear bombs have been detonated in Texas. And uh, that's the best way to describe it <laughs> so in a nutshell. Were you driven by like your fear of what was going on around you when you were writing this movie, or was it more just trying to get your head around the situation? I think, yeah, a lot of it was trying to get my head around, you know, post-9-11 anxiety that everyone, everyone woke up that morning with kind of a childlike fear reawakened, and it really hasn't gone away. And, you know, when you watch the news, they make sure that that fear doesn't go away because they, you know, they definitely like to use it. And I thought the best way for me to deal with it is to make, try to make a movie where I sort of express my feelings about religion and politics and, and pop culture and all the things that we're talking about in this film. And I figured if I'm going to do it properly, I need to start off by making fun of myself, which is the whole, I mean, I'm the angry, frustrated liberal. And so when you look at the sort of the left-wing extremist faction of the film, with the, you know, the neo-Marxists, it's sort of making fun of myself. Because I figured I need to start with myself. If I'm ever going to be critical of anyone else, I need to first be critical of myself. So, and I, we were hoping to make a political film that can appeal to uh, to everyone. In a sense, it's trying to to be even-handed and 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 looking at both sides, I guess. Making a movie like this uh, in like Donnie Darko, how valuable do you think the DVD life of a movie is this for? Because a movie like this, like just watching it once, you need repeat viewings to really get yeah. what's going on. You know, how, what was the process of, of making this movie, having the can reaction, and yeah. then maybe film festivals just aren't for you. You know, we I want to take the next. I want to take the box to like Venice and tank Venice. <laughs> I want to tank them all. No, you know, I I think film festivals are what they are and. I think we've had two challenging experiences on the first two films, but you know that's just the way things happen. And, and I think, if anything, we learned this time that you know we brought the movie to Cannes and it wasn't finished yet, and we learned you know never bring a movie until it's finished. But you know it ended up the movie ended up benefiting from it, believe it or not. The movie got better in the editing room, I think. We were able to spend more time, and Sony bought the movie. We got more money to add more visual effects. I don't know if any of that would have happened had we not gone to Cannes. And getting that all those new visual effects is what really brought the movie to the level that it needed to be. So I look at it as, you know, everything happens for a reason. And for whatever reason, it was meant to be this way. And I think, I certainly hope on the next movie it'll be, it'll be easier and that we can, you know... Not have to. I think trying to sell a movie at a festival is, is a painful experience, no matter where you are. You a big comic book fan? I am. I love graphic novels, and I'm sort of cradling this one because I worked so hard on it. It almost killed me doing this. That I just want to make sure that people get a chance to to try and read the book if they see the movie. What else are you reading? Uh, what am I reading? I haven't had. A, I'm in prep on a movie, mm -hmm. so. I don't have a time to read anything right now other than newspapers and blogs and magazines. And uh, it's been a while since I've read a novel. But I'm actually, you know what, I've, I've just reread No Exit by, uh, by Sartre. And it's, uh, I still don't know if it's Sartre or Sartre. So if I mispronounce <laughs> it, I said them both. Sartre, Sartre. Um, I should know that. Because it, it ties into the plot of my next movie. Cool. So... I try to try to. I don't read enough books. I don't. I feel illiterate as I hold my. 
cradle my butt. <laughs> Um, so that was uh, all of our stuff from uh, Southland Tales, a movie I thought fell short of the mark. I think Gilmore enjoyed it a little more. I agree. Entertained. I think it's worth watching if you guys are, are curious. How's Kevin? Um, Kevin's he's fine. Good. He's. he's I mean, he's absolutely covered in makeup, yeah. but uh, but he's fine. I mean, it's, it's not like you know. oh, it's Kevin Smith. Is like is and that Kevin Smith? Yeah, and, there are a lot of people in it. Was so, this a new scene that they shot with Kevin as with his I don't makeup, know. or was this part of the? Oh no, he he was. I think this was his character. So yeah. so the comic book's out. Two thousand one Maniacs is uh, out. You can get it. It's only four bucks. You can't uh, go wrong. I picked up four a. Bucks, uh, that's it. I picked up another horror book this week. Yeah. I picked up. Uh, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Oh, yeah. You know the treatment that um, that Jeff Katz wrote. He's yeah. the, he's the guy at New Line who's oh, now Jeff's at Fox. A good friend, yes. Like uh, Jeff that's wrote this same, treatment, that's and then the same Jeff Katz yeah. that writes Booster it Gold. is. Yes, he it writes is. Booster Gold. Oh. And, he's uh, an executive. Used to be at New Line. Now he's, he's at Fox. At Fox. The guy's great. He's a good friend, and he's, he's a good friend. He's of one Ian's. of us. He's one of Ian's. One of our regular guests, Ian. Yeah, Jeff is like is, was, he goes uh, to the same store that Ben and I go to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The same comic shop. Yeah. So this guy Jeff Katz had this treatment at New Line. Never got turned into Freddy vs. Jason right. vs. Ash. Finally, they were like, "What do we want to do with it?" Uh, they ended up getting it over to Wildstorm, and the comic book, which is based kind of on the treatment, yeah. came out. I've been pretty unsatisfied with the Army of Darkness comics, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and uh, the Wildstorm, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday Thirteenth stuff's okay, but this one. Reading it, there's actually a structure to it, and it's obvious that there was some discipline put into the story. Yeah, well, I guess right, because it bounced right, around cool. so much. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it, and it's paced like a film. It's, so it's pretty, pretty obvious that they took well, the treatment. The idea, that's why I yeah, did it that way. And put so it in there, and it, it, and it was cool. Film. Um, I, I recommend was, it to you guys yeah, who are curious it's about it. It's, it. You know, honestly, that's what I tried to do with this. I mean, you know, uh, William Christensen at Avatar, who was <laughs> just, you know. A great he's a serious geek yeah and, and he, he hires and, good writers and he just gave me the you know the freedom you know yeah, oh my god well warren ellis you know warren ellis garth ennis like yeah. and 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 he liked the fact you know he said often you know he had done a a, a freddie comic and a but it's never the people who created it working on the comics right so his thing with with maniacs was only if tim sullivan the guy who wrote it and you know could do it that's great i want genuine goat fucking yeah. like that like but, but you no, don't but go anywhere it, else for your sheep fucking it, it, don't go anywhere else <laughs> go to the source for your sheep fucking it, I, no i agree i had never written a comic book before so the way i approached this was it's basically a screenplay with storyboards right. and as I was writing it did you write it in final draft or how would you write no, it no I didn't I literally no I wrote, it, I, the... I wrote it in word and what I did is I would actually start out with uh, the panels like I drew right. I'm not an artist but I drew stick Thumbnails figures yeah so yeah. I, I, it's all about pacing and then I went and, and the way a comic script is, is it, it's on word and it'll say like okay um, there'll be a description that is for what the reader is going to read right. and then the dialogue just like a script and then but there's you break a, it into panels yeah, for the and then there's, it'll, it'll say each pa it'll say page one eight panels panel one and you write it, describe it like, over the shoulder, like wide shot of. And then I would write descriptions for the artist. And this guy, Raulo Caceres, he's in Spain. I never met this guy. Does he do any other Avatar books? This is his first American book. And, and wow. Avatar's bringing him over here because his artwork for this is, is amazing. Is that legal? It's good, yeah. Yeah. It's illegal. Well, it's legal. No, he's from Spain. See, that's the other thing. I was just in Spain. They're always like, you always get us mixed up with the Mexicans. We're not the same. <laughs> no, you know? Yeah. No. And it's true. Yeah. No. And Mexicans went, pack this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's Mexican. I went in Spain. I was like, where's the Taco Bells? And they're like, dude, that's Mexico. Oh, you know? So I, now I know. Shut the bull up your ass. Oh, yeah. Um, so... So the comic's out. The comic's you out. Fun. You wrote it. So it's Had straight from the source. Genuine sheet fucking. It's like Tales from the Crypt meets Two-Fisted Tales. 
Oh, that's good. Uh, is there two fisting in it? Two fisting? No, that's in the next okay. second issue. Okay. Oh, so you got that to look forward to Geekscapus. Um, so video games, we talked about Doom. We talked about how you guys need to come and take me on in Doom uh, on Xbox Live. Uh, also, we had uh, this, these kids have been playing Guitar Hero. What other kind of uh, video games are you guys into? Are you, guys you into this? Guitar, Hero Guitar Hero is like no, if that's that's actually. my thing. Just because like you know, I mean, rock and roll music. Are you playing this third one, Guitar Hero Three? I, I haven't played it yet. Have you played any of the other ones? Yes, I did. What's your favorite song? Me, uh, What's your favorite song? I love it. You, you want to get in here, Gilmore? Give him a little shoulder around the side, up in this. What's your song? No, no, come come over here. Come, Literally, I'm not very no no we can't do it. We can't. Why are you going under the table? Uh, Jeez, this is like a scene from Shampoo at League. Oh, I got a Monchichi right, growing out of my right, freaking pants. Right. Excuse me. See, doesn't he look like Paul Simon? <laughs> Paul Simon here. <laughs> I like that. So yeah. uh, so Brian, me and you Julio throw down, down by the old school yard. So this is speaking Pam of Mexicans. Um, oh, yeah. So how um, how are so you been playing Guitar Hero? Not very well. Not very well. I'm not I'm not very coordinated. What level are you on? I mean, uh, what, you know, did, play on expert, medium, medium, art. medium. You know, I'm sure cool. you're expert. That's fine. No, I, it's disgusting. My, my roommate and I, we used to play guitar. We each played guitar in a band together throughout high school. So every guitar hero, we make we make it kind of like a little ritual to just kind of play for the whole week. We don't wow. do anything that week. I mean, you know, we go to work, we go to school, whatever, but we come home. That's what it's all about. To you, it's a ritual. To my listeners, it's their lives. Exactly. <laughs> It's. It, I could. It, I mean, to get to. It's like you feel like you're a rock. So now this new one where they're gonna have the whole band, where you can rock. rock oh my god! Yeah. And now the bands themselves are getting involved. I just read this amazing article in Rolling Stone. Did you hear about the bonus track well, on, guita- on guitar? You know, for, for rock guitar band, band has three, a bonus track, which is Guitar Hero Three. The Sex Pistols got together and then they re-recorded Anarchy in the UK. Oh my god! Well, they just did Slash. They actually had like the the the, the, right. the what's that kind of suit called? The motion the, capture. Motion capture. Yeah, yeah, motion but there's capture. a name. For it. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, motion capture. Yeah, right. and, and, and the balls I mean, on the how suit. amazing yeah, is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Slash did that, and Tom Morello also did that. And, from Rage Against the wow, yeah. Did all the original music for Guitar Hero Three as well. Yes, yeah. and yeah. I heard that now they're going to be doing entor- entire albums, like the entire Who's Next album, the entire album. And how great is it going to be yeah, when everybody will be? But this is saving the music industry. Yeah. And what's really cool about it is, for a long time, people were saying guitar-driven rock was dead. This game has single-handedly brought back guitar-driven rock and roll. Kids are, once again, you know, songs they never would have heard of, bands wow. they... Ne- you know who they need to bring into this awesome. game? Ingve Maustein. Yes. yes. He's the motherfucking Great man. You know what? You know who they I know. also always snub? You can have your Slash and your Tom Morello all you want, but Ingve Maustein... But you know who they also down. always snub? Fucking, uh, fucking Angus from, from ACDC. You know you're right. Yeah. You know, oh, my God. He's a, yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, maybe they just haven't cut the deal yet. That's exactly true. What about your boy, Joe, Joe Cetriani? My boy, why is he Jersey? My boy? What's up? Joe's What's up no, with Jersey? What's no, up with Jersey? Richie Sambora. Richie Sambora. Richie Sambora. Richie Sambora. What about your boy, Richie Sambora? Or Bruce yeah. Springsteen. They should have him get, on there. That the would be cool. You know? yeah, don't, don't they have a Springsteen song on there? No, not no. yet. Not well, yet. Well, they're not looking to blow their load all on. Well, this. But no, but the bottom. No, you're wrong. The bottom line is this is taken off. I mean, this is like honestly in Rolling Stone, they're like they are now they are you know the value of licensing the actual tracks and and taking them apart and and you know getting the original musicians involved and it's become. I mean, like I read an interview with a guy from a flock of seagulls. I ran as one of the most popular guitar hero songs. This guy was like a shoe like he was like a shoe salesman in Florida. And suddenly he said in the last two years he has made more money from Guitar Hero than he did during the 80s with wow. the song. Wow, that's incredible. Oh, that's and, awesome. and, and plus, like, his wow. girlfriend used to look like. 
Yeah, but, but <laughs> when, 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 when Laura graduated high school in 88, she definitely looked like Flock of Seagulls. Um, but we, as a review of this game, um, this game is actually, it's a lot harder than the other two. Like, that's what they're saying. Seriously, like, I've heard a lot of people on the forum saying, this is maybe not as fun as the other two because it's so fucking hard. You know like what I gotta say? Step it up. You want a hard? Play Bio Billy on the original NES. You can't save. It's hard. It's really hard. You try and yeah. stab guy with a knife, he and kills I kinda it. like this. You know why? Because, you know what? Get the sand out of your, uh, your vagina and video games are supposed to be a challenge. Right. Exactly. It's just like Sorry you can't save every two seconds, buddy. Exactly. It's not like Halo where it's just like, oh, I, want, I need to go to the bathroom. It's like, no. You keep a fucking like bottle right there so you can beat this fucking game. Battletoad style. Exactly. Bitch. I was just going to say You want to you you know something interesting? I think we got to. When you do the hard ass game, it's called Battletoad yeah, style. We do not fuck around. Style. The you interesting got 10 thing is, like, you would think, okay, like, like you know, slack. I've talked to musicians uh, and, and, and they said that just because you could play guitar, it doesn't mean you're good at it. It's uh, harder. It's totally yeah. different. And we just because. Guitar, the My Chemical Romance guitar tech is better than the guitarist in the band on. Yes. You know, it's, it's a yes, rhythm thing, exactly. I think. Exactly. It's it's it has it, and just and it's funny just because you can play that doesn't mean you could play guitar and At even all. now the drum one they're having a drum one wow. that's coming out oh, right, right. Rock that's, band. that's part of a uh, rock band yeah as well. now are, are they going to do like a business structure where it's like iTunes and you download songs and pay for the songs that's what's I mean, coming next that would be huge yeah. that that's that's the next thing that would be huge that's I mean because let's face it you know. People just don't buy CDs anymore. Let's let's right. be honest. And yeah. and the music industry, you know, that you go to Best Buy and the record sh- the aisles are empty. So this article was saying that you know ringtones, downloads, and now Guitar Hero is how bands are going to be making their money. You, Vince, have you been playing some of this? No, I, I have. This is where you named it for Vincent this Price. Is all new. To it's me. Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, you're named after Vincent Van Gogh, and now look at you. Gogh. You're an I'm artist. Um, but yeah, it's so much fun. It's amazing. Education you, right here, right now. You really feel game. it's like you feel like I've heard of the. You old get one, lost the in it. One, you feel not. like you're in a band. Like if you ever, you know, you the ever, one problem is when you're playing this band, you do not have girls' panties thrown at you. <laughs> I, I think if they can integrate that into the game, have some maybe some 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 groupies. I think that's next. I think that's next. Yeah, if you can get groupies, if you can get groupies, guitar hero groupies. Why not? So well, what is, is the option of the game? Is it something where you're... You're, well, you're, you're supposed you're, to beat the songs. Have you ever played... I mean, I guess it's... It's like Dance Dance, like Revolution. Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, okay. It's like, it's like you, yeah. you have what looks like a guitar, okay? And a song like, you know, uh, Rock and Roll... Detroit Rock City comes up, okay? And... There's a color code. The notes and are the, the note comes the up and a certain color. So you have to press the color on the guitar. Oh, and if you okay. do, it sounds just like the actual song. And if no. it doesn't, it sounds like shit. And you get points for matching it. And there's levels of you know you can do it really slow. You do it, and there's levels. So of, you com- it comes with an instrument. It comes. It's look. It looks like a guitar, but it's got bu- like little black, little colored. Buttons that so you're, you're basically learning how to play guitar on oh, this thing. Rhythm. No, you're learning. You're learning how to play that plastic Let me tell you, Vincent, I, I, I tried playing it once. I was so bad at it. I just said, you know what? I'm waiting for Piccolo. Piccolo Hero. When Piccolo Hero comes out or maybe Pan Flute Hero, <laughs> then you're going to see me on a rooftop. That would be that awesome. Game. Little Pan Flute fiddle, Hero. Fiddle Hero. Fiddle Hero. doing this game and being this repetitive with this is not I can't get into it. I'm like you. I like to shoot. No. Well, you know what it is? You know what it is? And this is what really is cool. What, especially the rock band one, what it is doing is it's really making you aware of the song structure, the different, you know, the bass, oh, okay. the guitar, That's the drum. Right. It's, the people are getting right. a real appreciation of, yeah, of song. didn't have an ear for guitar parts right. or bass parts yes. or, or keyboard Yes. Parts. But the thing is that 
that sometimes they fuck with it. They they yes. you, they make you play the keyboard part on the guitar. Exactly. Like, like in Iran. Same, yeah, but but at the same time they're like um they're they're going off. But a good example of how hard this shit gets. Buckethead. There's a Buckethead song yeah. on the second one. Oh album. god. It's unfucking playable. We had it we had it's just <laughs> We had a guest so talking about how unplayable it is. And then somebody after that episode posted online yeah. somebody getting like a yeah. 90 92 percentile yeah, on it no, but, and, but, and, and the best thing about the video of the kid doing it was the look of concentration on his face no, and then he, he was not he fucking around he looks away from the tv looks at the guy who's like he's beating and it's just and that's how he wins it the guy is a little kid named sanchez i'm looking at the youtube video the youtube video that's why away from the tv and just looks at the camera um, this is a total phenomenon. I mean, if you go into Best Buy, they have you know on display there, right. and there are just kids. There are always, kids, always there people always there. there, and they're not buying no. CDs; they're playing Guitar Hero. It, it's wow. a phenomenon. It's it's yeah. fun though. But Vincent, totally. if you want, we, we, you and I can play our old. Yeah, school. we should film, okay. and then Let's there's going to do one with the Let's vocals. So it's um, going to be really cool. And to wrap this up, I'm down to old school. Um, to wrap this up, uh, Guitar Hero Three a lot harder, but it's got the best songs out of any Guitar Hero. And it's original track. Original tracks. They're not like time, right? Did you play Guitar Hero? Too. Remember the the Rage Against the Machine cover in Guitar Hero 2? It was like, killing in the name of... It was the worst thing I have <laughs> Worse than karaoke. It was just so bad. It was worse than hearing two bad... You know, you know what we should do? You know what we should do? You know what's really sad? You know what's really sad? You ever wonder who does those? It's probably like like some backup... Studio some, musician or, or, or the guy who used to be in Dokken. You know you know, they live in Arizona. They're Aaron Carter. Thanks, buddy. So we got some minutes left. Um, you going to show some clips we from Driftwood? Do, well, if you send them to me, we will show some clips of Driftwood. There you go. It's your own. So thank you. Oh, I got I to capture it? That's for you. Uh, I will fight you. Um, I, I'm into this. I'm going to definitely right. watch this. I'm a big fan of Mr. DDP. Oh, he's great. And, uh, dude, just the horror movies. This is, this is great. David, you must realize things have changed. You may not think for the better, but they have. You can't put me in jail without arresting me. Welcome to Driftwood. See how well you do in the home. Oh, it's like death surrounds me. I was a kid who died. So the movie's called Driftwood. The comic book's called 2001 Maniacs. It's a prequel to the movie you guys are already fans of. Uh, this is Vincent This is Vincent signing off. This Great is, to have uh, you guys Tim here. Sullivan. Great uh, meeting you guys. A little bit of Geekscape work. We've got the uh, merch store. You can guys get, can get, why don't you break the studio? Jesus. Um, so, <laughs> no, you ben just broke the chair. Oh, my God. Ben he broke, the, broke chair. the chair. Well, it's, it's better that than the wings from Dogma sitting. or uh, the shit monster. <laughs> So, so At first I thought he broke Ellen ben, Burstein's ben, head cast. Ben, so ben. He broke the chair. Wow. Look, he broke the chair. Holy shit. 
Ben. Motherfucker. Ben. So we got that. We'll get the bill. We've got Geekscape merchandise at geekscape.net. <laughs> we have. Uh, this is steel. We have no. the forums at geekscape.net slash forums. Look at the guy. Uh, next weekend, guys, we have the picnic this upcoming nice. weekend. A Geekscape picnic? Yeah, it's going to be in Griffith Park. You can absolutely come. Griffith Park, that's great. It's in Griffith Park nearby. We're going to have a picnic. Saturday, uh, Saturday, what time? Give us a time. Uh, I'm thinking Aren't there one aren't o'clock. Like perverts in Griffith one. Park. One o'clock. Gilmore's thinking no, one o'clock. Good. After the picnic, we're gonna go over to Mr. Dunn's house and have a gauntlet where we're gonna watch some of the worst movies that I can assemble. Oh, You're good. gonna enjoy that. The all nighter movies. I'm gonna and fix my and, chair. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna fix the chair. And um, of course, guys, you can just can find us on MySpace, MySpace.com/slash/GeekscapeNet, and on Facebook, we have a Facebook group. Just search for Geekscape. Be our friend. Play vote, us on votes, video games. You can also go vote yeah, for the Geekscape Awards. Vote the Mailing Geekscape. out favorite what? Through uh, the, the different categories are on Geekscape.net's forums, and there's just a, a ton. This community is what almost a year old. Too. We're kicking ass. Email all your votes to Geekscape at Yahoo.com. All right, and if you, you want to check out, you know what I'm up to. You can go to www. Oh, turn that off, VJ. Please, Jesus Christ. I guess he's getting oh, sent so back to Tijuana, huh? Yeah. Anyway, gone. <laughs> wow. Okay. VJ, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That's it. Whose relative so, did he fuck? Where can, no. where can he send the hate? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> No, no, don't leave, BJ. Don't leave. I'm just kidding. I love you. Where, where can we send the uh, no, hate no, mail? If you the want, hate, if mail, you, can the hate mail can be sent to www.myspace.com forward slash new rebellion. And you can learn about Driftwood and Maniacs and all that and stuff. Please, I need a new chair. So send yes. that to uh, Vincent Guestini. So if you guys are interested in buying uh, a new chair, make sure get in contact with us. Make sure uh, you vote for these guys for best guest host. Oh, you, oh, guys, are, you, you. guys are kicking ass. Oh, thank you. Well, we had fun. We'll it is an award. We'll oh, see you guys cool. next week at the picnic. Picnic, picnic. I, I, that's so I have never felt funny. like a fucking fat ass before. This is so fucking funny.